Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Welcome, Ephraimites, and Shalom. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this, excuse me, this is the House of Ephraim, Cradle of Hope, Blog Talk Radio on Tuesday, February the 13th, 2024, and it is Teacher's Tuesday. But first, a word from our announcement. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Welcome back. This is your host, Sister Donna Deckard, and this um this is an awesome day. I have a terrific, a terrific uh, message for you today, and I'm looking forward to it. But first, a few announcements. Uh, April quarterly is coming up. That's April 5th, 6th, and 7th. Be sure and send in your registration for that. It's $25 uh, per person. Children 11 to 6 are $10. Five and under are free. And uh, be sure and do that. And, and I'm excited about what we're going to have happening this quarterly. I'm telling you, come expecting God to give you a miracle. Okay? Come expecting God to give you a miracle. Uh, we have more information about that on our itinerary page, our website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have available weekly uh, Sabbath service. This is with Prophet Mark Weinbold. That's on our YouTube channel, Jewish Prophet. And then we also have Wednesday evening service that is ministered by me on that same YouTube channel. Well, as I said, today is Teacher's Tuesday, and we are going to continue on. Last week we began... Uh, a message that I had done called A Wounded Heart. Actually, Prophet had done it. I retaught it. A Wounded Heart. A Wounded Heart. 
And just to kind of remind all of you what we talked about last week, we talked about in John 10, 10, that the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy you. But Yeshua came to give you life, to give you life. And it says not only that, but to give you abundant life. Darkness will steal from you, but God will give you abundant life, abundant life. But back in Hosea, it said, God told through, through the Hosea, he said, my people, my people, say I'm God's people. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because they rejected knowledge, I will also reject them and shall be no priest to them. Me and seeing they have forgotten the law, I will forget their children. God has knowledge. And that knowledge is in his word. That knowledge, it says, the Bible says, through the foolishness of preaching, God chose to get his word out. Through the foolishness of preaching. You need knowledge. It's your lack of knowledge that is destroying you. And in Deuteronomy, he said, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you. I have set before you life and death. Blessing and cursing. Therefore, and I love how Prophet always said this, was a pop quiz. You're going to choose life or death, blessing or cursing. And he said, and then God did like an open book test. And he says, let me tell you what you should choose. Choose life. That both thou and thy seed may live. May live. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, but Yeshua came to give us life abundantly. And God said, choose life. Get knowledge in his word. We teach all the time, if there's something in your life that you're lacking, find God's word about it and begin to speak it, pray it, read it. Get it in from your head to your heart, and you will see it manifest. You will see it manifest. Proverbs chapter 15, 1 through 15, 11 through 15, excuse me. Proverbs chapter 15. Actually, I only want to read 13 through 15. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. If you have a wounded heart, you're not going to have a cheerful countenance. Walk by the mirror sometime. Not when you're walking up to the mirror and you're looking in the mirror on purpose, but just you happen to walk by and see your reflection. How do you look? What do you look like? Do you have a cheerful countenance? But by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. A wounded heart will break your spirit. You know anybody that had a broken heart, a broken spirit? The heart of him that has understanding seeketh knowledge. What did, what did God say? You're destroyed for lack of knowledge. 
So if you have a broken heart, if you have an understanding heart, you're going to seek knowledge to overcome that wounded heart. But the mass of fools feed us on foolishness. You know, there's a lot of foolishness out there that we can feed on. God said, my word, my word. He said, man is a liar. But he said, my word is truth. All the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart has a continual feast. Has a continual feast. Do you look at the glass half full or you look at it and say it's half empty? If you can have a merry heart, if you can look at the positive in every situation, you will have a continual feast. You will have a continual feast. You know, it's just tweaking how we look at things, how we think of things, how we trust God for things. The only way that you can fix any situation, now listen, the only way that you can fix any situation is to get God's word in you. But ultimately, it has to be you that decides what you're going to do with that word. The word of God is the only way we have to settle a matter. And then you have to decide, is that word true or not? God's word says, that Yeshua died on the cross for your sins. There are people who said, I believe that word. I, Yeshua, come and be Lord of my life. I'm saved. There's other people that say, oh, that's a bunch of, that's, that's, for, that's for weak women. That's not for us. The Bible says that Yeshua took stripes on his back for our healing and for our peace. Do you have peace? He It's the same word of God. The problem is, is see our five senses get involved. Our five senses get involved. But this is spirit. Spirit. Ultimately, you have to decide what you're going to do with God's word. You have to decide. You see, the Bible says that if you keep his commandment, his blessings will, will hunt you down. They will hunt you down. Now, let me tell you something. That can happen. His blessings can hunt you down. But it's going to take you getting things all lined up in line with God's word. You see, God peels the layers off of us like an onion. A layer at a time, a layer at a time, a layer at a time. He starts out with that old dry, crusty peel of an onion. The sins that have been there so long that, that they're all dry and crusty and they crack and break as he pulls it off. And then he begins with that first layer. 
And a lot of times we're going, oh, but, but this layer down inside. God, I need this taken care of. And he goes, but you don't understand. You've got to take care of it one layer at a time. One layer at a time. Prophet used to say that you take, a, you take somebody who doesn't know how to handle money, you, they win the lottery, they'll be broke in a year after winning all that money. Why? Because they don't know how to handle money. They don't know how to handle it. And they'll lose it. They'll lose it. We think, oh, if I just had a million dollars. Well, you don't have a million dollars because you don't know how to handle the money in your pocket. As you are growing in God, you're, you're going to have growing pains. Growing pains. You've got to learn. You've got to learn God's word. You see, you, you learn God's word. I remember what, the first thing that I learned after I had been filled with the Holy Ghost was that God is a healer. That was news to me. You know, I was used to playing, if it's your will, God, please heal so-and-so. And that was news to me. It was, God is a healer. But you know what happened? Prophet always described it like a faucet. He said, he said when you first get filled with the Holy Ghost, he says the faucet's on full blast. And it was. I mean, I prayed for healing and for me, I prayed for healing for my children. I prayed for healing for, for the parishioners. I prayed for healing anybody I could find that was sick. I'd pray for them, and God would heal them. And I was so excited. I even wrote a track about how the Yeshua went to the cross for more than just our sins. He went to the cross for our healing. But then, about a, a year and a half in, something happened. God turned that faucet down. Prophet said he turned it down to just a drip. Now, here in the Midwest, it, when it gets real, real cold, we have to drip our faucets overnight so they don't freeze up. And, and God will turn it down to just a drip. 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 And God turned the faucet down to just a drip. And I would pray for somebody to be healed. And they didn't get healed. I'd pray for one of my kids to be healed. They didn't get healed. And I was like, God, what's going on here? And then I got sick. And I didn't get healed. I was pregnant with my second child at the time. It's like, God, what's going on? And I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I was getting all discouraged. Time passed. Lots of time passed. Finally, one day I was praying. I was sitting there praying, and I was like, God, your word. Your word says that by the stripes of Yeshua, we were healed. That's past tense. That means I'm healed. It doesn't matter what my body says. I'm healed. I'm healed. 
your word said, and I said, Father, I don't care what my body says. I'm going to believe your word. I'm healed. And I quit. From that point on, I quit saying, oh, I got this, I got that. No, I didn't have this and I didn't have that. I'm healed. I'm healed. Did the symptoms leave immediately? No, they didn't leave. No, it was it was a test. God wanted to know what I really believed in my heart. He wanted to know what I believed in my heart. In my heart. So there's growing pains. But that was a turning point for me. And I began to understand. You see, God wasn't a magic wand that you just wave over a situation and it's fixed. You shake, ha ha, you cool. No, it takes faith. It takes faith. And faith is what? Believing in something you don't see. God wanted to know, would I have faith in his word? Would I believe his word that I'm healed even when my body said, I'm sick? The doctor said, I'm sick. The test results said, she's sick. But God's word said I was healed. God said, what are you going to believe, girl? And he wanted to see where my faith was. Growing pains. Growing pains. Proverbs 14.10. The heart knows its own bitterness. Bitterness. And a stranger does not immediately intermeddle with his joy. Bitterness. There is a bitterness that comes to a wounded heart. Why? Well, that bitterness, you you might blame others. You might blame yourself. You might blame God. But you become bitter. And nobody can bring you joy when you become bitter. I've known some people in my, my time that have been bitter. Bitter because this happened or that happened and, and, and it wasn't fair. My mother used to tell me when I was growing up, she'd tell us kids, because, you know, the different things, and we'd, we'd cry out and we'd say, well, that's not fair. My mother used to say, life's not fair. Get over it. She was right. Life ain't fair. Why? Because Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy you. The word, you get the word in your heart and he comes immediately and will take it away if it's not rooted. That's why you have to find those scriptures about your problem and read them over and over and over again so they get rooted into your heart because darkness will come and steal it from you. Remember when prophets did the, the, the quarterly on faith, Faith to raise the dead. I'm telling you, people walked out of that that sanctuary. They walked out of that synagogue. They were walking on cloud nine. We are mountain movers. We have faith to raise the dead. 
Well, I've yet to have one of them report back to me that they've done it. I have yet to have one report back to me that they've done it. Where's your faith, Yeshua asked the disciples. You see, you've got to build it up. You've got to build it up. You've got to build it up. But you see, darkness came, and darkness will steal from you before you ever get home. And it takes what? It takes you working at it. It takes you getting it rooted within you, and people become bitter. Well, Sister Donna, I believed God, and it didn't happen. Well, believe God again. Repent for your unbelief, and don't let bitterness into your heart. Cry out to God. God, is there any bitterness in my heart? Search me, O oh God, and know me. Clean my heart, God. Is there any bitterness? If he shows you bitterness, you get rid of it like it's a plague. You don't have to be in bondage to your past. You don't have to be in bondage to the people speaking words to you or misquoting you. You're a child of the king. You're the child of the creator of this universe. You're the child of the creator of the darkness that's trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you. God created him. God created the devil. He was, he was the most beautiful. But he let pride come. And he thought, I'm, I'm better than God. Yeshua said, I, I watched. I watched. Though Slewfoot was cast down to the earth. Lightning. Lightning happens fast. But you have to choose. It's your choice. God said, choose life. Choose my word. Proverbs twenty-eight fourteen. Happy. Is the man that feareth always, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. You, what he's talking about here is fearing God. Fearing God. You need to fear God and not let your heart get hardened. You see, the people who, who get bitter against God, they're not afraid of him. He is the creator of you and this whole world. He's the creator of those people who are speaking against you. I want you to think about Job. Job was the richest man and he was righteous. And he was he was God's pride and joy at the time. And old Slutha came up, he's he's the accuser and he still is the accuser of the brother. And he came up before the Lord and he was accusing people and God said have you noticed my servant Job? He's righteous. Those sleuths said, well, yeah, because you put a hedge about him. 
See, God will put a hedge about you if you're serving him. You put a hedge about him. You bless the socks off of him. You you let me in, and I'll tell you, old Job will curse you. God said, no, he won't. No, he won't. He said, okay, I'll let the hedge down. Job was about to go through a test. He was about to go through the end of the year exam. God let the hedge down. And in one day, in one day, Job lost all of his children. Job lost all of his finances. And Job lost his health. But let me tell you what, when you read Job, his friends came along and pointed a finger at him and said, you have sin in your life, Job, or this wouldn't be happening. Well, prophet used to say, everybody's got a got an opinion. It's like belly buttons. Everybody's got one. Doesn't mean they're right. And at the end of the book of Job, God restored everything to Job. But guess what? He also told those men, he said, you go, you go ask Job to forgive you for speaking against him and ask him to pray for you that you be forgiven. God humbled the Job's friends, didn't he? Yeah, people, people can say things against you, but it don't matter because, see, your righteousness is in God, not in people's opinions. Happy is the man that fears God and doesn't get his heart hardened. Don't fall in the trap of getting angry with God because things didn't work out. Don't fall into that trap. That's a trap of those as old Slewfoot and Seth. 17, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. When your heart is wounded, there's no joy. There's no joy. But a merry heart is good like a medicine. A merry heart is good like a medicine. But a broken spirit, a wounded heart, will dry up the bones. Dry up the bones. Yishakaha. Is your heart wounded today? Are you lacking the joy of the Lord? 20 through 23, my son, attend to my words. There it is again. You see, you have to stay in the word of God. You have to read. I'm telling you, prophet used to teach, if you'll get up every morning and read, read just one scripture and then spend the day meditating that scripture of how it can apply to your life today. My son, attend to my words, incline your ears to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thy heart. For they are life. God's word is life to those that find them. And health, (coughs) excuse me, to all their flesh. 
Your heart condition can affect your health. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. You see, if you have a wounded heart, if you have a hardened heart, if you have a heart that you can't find joy, it's going to affect your health. It's going to affect your health. Because a merry heart does good like medicine. Does good like medicine. We must cry out to God, examine my heart. Examine my heart. And then you have to guard your heart. Because out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence. With all diligence. You see, you guard your you guard your 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 finances with diligence. Guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. How what's your heart condition? I remember I remember back when I was was in my mid twenties. God had shown me that scripture in Psalms that said, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And I remember that was my prayer. That was my prayer for over a year. And God began to show me the wickedness in my heart. He showed me the malice. The unforgiveness. The doubt. The unbelief. began to show me. This week I was listening to one of Prophet's sermons. And he read the scripture about not having an evil heart of unbelief. And, it, and, and I've heard the sermons before. I've heard the scripture before. But somehow it dropped into my spirit, man. When you are doubting, when you are not believing God's word, your heart is evil. Say, ouch, oh me. God, search my heart. Search my heart. Examine it. Guard your heart. Are there areas that you doubt God's word, that you have unbelief? Your heart is evil. Don't have an evil heart of unbelief. Wow. That's hard, Sister Donna, with scripture. It's scripture. Cry out to God. Examine my heart. I'm telling you, God will show you what needs to be changed. But remember, he's going to show you a layer at a time. A layer at a time. The things that God shows me that I need to change in my life, if he's shown that to me 20 years ago, it blown me right out of the water. I had to get 
those things that he was showing me back then 20 years out of my life. And once I got them out, then he just kept working on me and working on me and working a layer at a time, a piece at a time. And as he does that, guess what? As I cleanse my heart, as I, as I take the sin that he shows me, and every day you should ask God to forgive you for your known sins and your unknown sins, and you should say, God, show me my unknown sins. And he will. He'll show you. He's faithful. You ask, he'll show you. And then do something about it. Get it out of your life. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What's a pure heart? Pure heart is undefiled. A pure heart is unwounded. A pure heart is not hurt. A pure heart is not an evil heart of unbelief. A pure heart is going to see God. You want to see God do something in your life? Be diligent about your heart condition. For out of it are the issues of life. Create in me a pure heart, oh God. Then you're going to see God do something in your life. You know, a lot of us are waiting on God to do something. God's going, I can't do it because you have an evil heart. You don't have a pure heart. I can't do it for you. And we get all bitter and upset and angry because, God, why aren't you doing it? God says, I want to. It's in my word. Check your heart condition. A wounded heart will fester and harden. You won't be able to see God for your own self-pity. He's there. He didn't go anywhere. Oh, feel sorry for me, God. One way for a heart to be healed is to get it out in the open that it has been wounded. Get it out in the open. God, I am hurt over this. And then began to realize what his word says about it. What is it that you're hurt about today? What is it that you're wounded, that your heart is wounded over? Put it on the table. I'm angry about this. I mean, just imagine if you were sitting at the table, God was on the other side other side of the table and you and, and he pulled out your heart and and you set it there on the table and he said so so there's 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 a scab over here on this side. What's that about? Well that's because such and such happened. Well what about the scab on this side? Well that's because of that. Some of you your heart is so so wounded that there's scabs all over it. It's so hard. Scabs get hard, crusty. God says, well, 
He said, my word says this about that wound. And my word says this about that situation. And my word says that. But he said, you had an evil heart of unbelief. And you didn't apply faith in my word in that situation and that one and that one and that one and that one. And I couldn't do anything because of your unbelief. Yeshua went to his hometown and said, he said he couldn't, he couldn't do any mighty works there, and he marveled at their unbelief. Why? Because, well, we know him. He's the carpenter kid. Well, who does he think he is? He was the son of God. He wasn't just Joseph and Mary's son. He was the son of God. And you and I are children of God. You're in Christ, and you are dead in him. And dead men don't have feelings. Now, that's a quote from Prophet. If you are in Christ, you are dead in him. Scripture says we are to be dead in Christ. And dead men don't have feelings. See, we get feelings about things. Well, my feelings were hurt because such and such looked at me in a certain way. So-and-so said something about me. Well, I, I'm concerned about their opinion. Remember King Saul? He was concerned about the people's opinion. God said, their opinion doesn't matter squat. The only opinion that matters is God's opinion and God's looking at your heart he's looking at your heart he said you guard your heart with all diligence make sure your heart is pure God created me a clean heart are the issues of life Matthew six twenty one. Yeshua said where your treasure is there will your heart be also where is your treasure Where is your treasure? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? That's where your treasure is. Matthew 12, 34 through 37, Yeshua again says, Oh, generation of vipers, how can you be evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Listen to what you're saying. Listen to you. Stop and think about what you have said in the last 24 hours. Has it been faith? Or has it been an evil heart of doubt and unbelief? He said, you generation of vipers, how are you being evil? How you be an unbelieving heart that is evil? How can you speak good things? For out of the treasure of your heart, your mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. I'll never forget the first time 
prophet was talking to me about a situation. And there there was some things that had gone on. And he said, it's pure wickedness. And I looked at him. He said, it's wickedness. And he was talking about the behavior of this person. And he saw my shocked look. You see, I would have just said, well, they're being unkind. They're being mean. They're not treating others as they would like to be treated themselves. But as a prophet, he said, it's wickedness. God says unbelief is evil. Wickedness. An evil man. If you have an evil heart of unbelief, God considers you evil. Oh, but I'm good. Evil. You can't be both. You can't be both. You're either evil or you're good. You either choose life or you choose death. You choose blessing or you choose cursing. There's no gray area with God. It's black or white. You have a wounded heart. You're on the verge of an evil heart. A bitter heart. For out of the tr- good treasure, a heart brings forth good things. But an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say unto you that every, listen, this is Yeshua talking. I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they'll give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou art justified, and by thy words thou art condemned. See how important it is to to guard your heart? For out of it the mouth speaks. And you're going to be judged for what you speak. I'm telling you, oh me or oh my. See, I got done. I got done with with creating me a clean heart, and and then I went. God put a watch on my mouth. Let me go a step farther. God says, I I want you to put a watch on your thoughts. What are you thinking? That's a fun one. When you speak. And wound others. You're not pleasing the Father. How many of us have done that? First Corinthians eight twelve. But when ye sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Why? Because we're all the body of Christ. We're all the body of Christ. I'm part of you, you're part of me, we're part of each other, and we are part of the body of Christ. So when I speak 
against you. I speak against Christ. When I wound you, I wound Christ. Never forget the one of the first visions, and I, I was a Methodist girl. I didn't know anything about visions. I didn't even know it was a vision. I just, I, I don't know. I saw it, and and then later on, I was like, well, did I daydream it? And I'm like, no, I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I felt it. But I know what it was. It was a vision. I found out later after I married Prophet, and I'd tell him about it. He goes, well, that's a vision. I'm like, oh, oh, I had a vision. I had, I had two I can think of right now off the top of my head. I, I've had, think, I, I don't know, doesn't matter. But anyway, I had this vision. I was praying, and I was praying in the spirit. I was filled with the Holy Ghost. I was praying in tongues. I was, and I was, it was during my prayer time in the morning, and I was praying, and I had just had my my second my second child and 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 I was a happy little mommy and and everything was going great in my life and I'm sitting there and I'm praying and all of a sudden my prayer tongue changed and my 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 countenance changed and I was like crying oh my god and I felt the grief and I'm praying in tongues and I and I'm like I don't know why I'm crying I don't know why I'm so grief and I, I fell on the floor face down and I began just kept praying in tongues and and all of a sudden and we didn't have drones back then but all of a sudden like a drone I saw this this huge it looked like a a, a soldier you know and and I and I was looking at it. It was laying in the valley. It was huge. It was like a giant laying in this valley. And 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 as 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 I zoomed in, the focus zoomed in and got closer. I could see movement in that body. And 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 it was it was moving, and and not like the arms and leg was moving. Like 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 the skin was crawling. And it zoomed in farther, and I began to see that the body was made up of people. And the people were fighting and pushing and shoving and fists and, and arguing. And I'm still praying, and I'm still feeling this grief and crying. You should go to Bohushik. you go. And I didn't know what I was looking at. And I heard God say, my people, my body, they fight one another. And it grieves me. It grieves me. And I was feeling the grief of Yeshua because we don't get along. We don't, we're not in unity. We fight each other. We fight about whether we should be filled with the Spirit and speaking tongues or not, or whether we got it when we were saved. We fight whether we should dance, we should clap our hands, whether there should be a musical instrument in our synagogue or not. We fight whether we should be immersed, sprinkled, or poured. We fight about this, and we fight about that, and we, we destroy each other, and we grieve the Father.
we grieve him. We grieve him. A wounded heart. We sin. We wound each other's conscience. We sin against Christ because we're part of his body. We're part of his body. He expects unity. He demands unity. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, 17 through 21. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Okay, we're looking, we're, we're, we're going to hear some wisdom. It says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God? I remember that you've heard me tell a story when I was a teenager. I I, I uh, was going to this little Baptist church, and I I had went up to the pastor after service, and and I was like God. I was like pastor, pastor, pastor. I said I need to know God's will for my life. He said, Oh, that's easy. He said, Go get your Bible, honey. And so I ran back and I got my Bible and I was so excited because you see, as a high school student, you know, you're you're thinking, well, what am I what am I going to be? Should you know, should I should I go to school for this? What should my career be? What should I? And all I really ever wanted was to be a mother and a and a wife and 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 and, and I, but I wanted to do God's will in my life. I wanted to do what God wanted. And he said, go get your Bible. He goes, that's easy to know what God's will is. And I'm like, wow, I thought this was going to be hard. And it's so easy. He said, he said hand me your Bible. And he, he said, now, he said he, 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 he said, he opened it to the first page. And he handed it back to me. And he said, now, read what that says. And it said, God's will and Old Testament. And he said, now, flip it to the New Testament, to that title page. And it says, God's will and New Testament. And he closed the Bible, and he handed it to me, and he said, darling, that is God's will for your life. My heart sank. I was wanting a word from God. I, I thought I was going to find out what God's will was for me personally. But you see, Pastor was right. The word of God is his will for you. Don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. You see, God's word, ha- and, and I remember I remember the years, I wasn't even part of the prophet's ministry yet. I remember hearing one on one of his tapes, and he said, if you will read God's word as God's speaking to you every day, it'll change your life. Whoa, will it? Will it? 
You see, if you will read God's word and, and as him speaking to you through that word. So, so you're reading along and, he, and his word says, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. God's will for you is not to have a wounded heart or a better heart. God's word for you is choose life, not death. God's word for you is to not have an evil heart of unbelief. That's God's will for you. Be not drunk with wine wherein in the excess of being filled with the Spirit. God's will is that you get filled with the Spirit. And we teach that all the time. You get filled with the Holy Ghost. You should every day spend some time praying in tongues. Pray in tongues until you get filled up again. Jude said pray in, the, pray in tongues. It's your most holy faith. You're believing God for something. Every time it comes up, you just pray in tongues about it. It's your most holy faith. I don't know about you, but I like to have my most holy faith up there. That's better than an evil heart of unbelief. Think about it. You choose. You can either choose to pray in tongues about the situation or you can choose to have an evil heart of unbelief. God, look at me, God. Or you can pray in your most holy faith. Choose life. Yashikah. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. A wounded heart can't make melody to the Lord. Why? Because you blame the Lord for it. That's why. Give thanks always in all things to God. Oh, that's a toughie. I remember when I remember when God dealt with me about this. I was going through some hard things. I remember the year I turned 40. I turned 40, and you know, 40s, actually, it it really wasn't a big thing to me because I had so much other stuff going on at 40 that turning 40 was was not a deal. But I remember the year I turned 40, I had a two-year-old son. I was going through a bankruptcy, excuse me, and I ended up getting divorced. All in that one year. All in that one year. And God said, give thanks for all things. Well, it looked to me like my life was falling apart. And God, I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost. I prayed. I'd I'd learned to to study and pray and, and, and pray every day. We'd left the Methodist church and become part of Prophet Deckard's church. And now my marriage and and our finances were falling apart. I was about to become a single mom. God said, give thanks for everything. Give thanks for everything. You see, you choose. You choose. 
submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Colossians 3, 12 through 17. I'm not going to have time to do that. This is telling you what you need to be putting on, what you need to be wearing. I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'll finish this next week. Telling you, Father, God is dealing with some people today. He's dealing with you. He's shown you. He's shown you your heart. Father, I pray for them. Repeat after me. Father, I repent for not keeping my heart. Father, I repent for allowing it to be wounded. Father, I repent for evil heart of unbelief. Father, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart. In Yeshua's precious name. In Yeshua's precious name. God loves you. He loves you. He sent his son to die for you. And he will answer your prayers. Well, I want to thank each of you for tuning in today. And I want to remind you that with God, all things are possible. Shalom.